I want to protest an ill-thought-out bill that is passing through Parliament here on the Hill. The bill that is bad is called C-45. It has so many flaws it just shouldn't survive. The grits will allow four plants in each dwelling, regardless of how bad each place will be smelling. With mold, ventilation as issues unplanned, Bill will not keep pot from our children's hand. We hope that the Senate will do its true deed and keep our great country safe from the weed. Despite years in federal prison, losing millions in raids and forced shutdowns, Don Briere has never wavered in his belief that Canada's cannabis laws have been unjust. We felt that we were in the right, but you know, they continue to keep it criminal and continue to criminalize it, even though who wouldn't know unless you're brainwashed that cannabis is far safer than any other drug. And so, again, I've always said enforcing laws based on lies is criminal misuse of public resources, right? It's the last year of the 20th century. Dawn, after heading up the largest grow operation the BC government has ever seen, is in jail awaiting his trial for the cultivation of cannabis. Canadian politicians, pundits, and the media squabble over pot laws. Debate is still a buzz over the advantages and whether they outweigh the dangers. We know that criminal prohibition has failed to protect our kids and our communities, and we need a new approach. The top reasons the feds say they wanted to legalize weed? To stamp out the black market, cut crime, and keep it away from kids. But will that work? Mental health concerns, cognitive impairment, school failure, we as pediatricians know that parents don't know all of these things. There's no end in sight to the conversation about the potential benefits and risks of cannabis. While caution and research is continually recommended, scientists have discovered cannabis to be an effective treatment option for several physical and mental health challenges, including chronic pain, autoimmune disorders, PTSD, depression, sleep issues, and seizures. Ottawa native Carol Gwilt discovered that cannabis eased her long struggle with vertigo and its life-altering symptoms of nausea, dizziness, and anxiety. Within a few minutes, I could just feel this kind of calmness come over my body. I felt the nausea just kind of dissipate. The vertigo didn't go away in any way. It just stayed the same rockin' way. <laughs> but um, I was able to just calm myself and lose the anxiety and just be still and just ride it out with a calmness instead of sweating and heart palpitations and the whole nine yards that I'd get with the vertigo and it was just unbelievable. The difference in my recovery as well, I was able to recover a lot more quickly and get back onto my feet and not have to guard the walls as I walk. It was just amazing. It was kind of a life-changing moment for me right there. Carol, who now resides in Vancouver, grew up in Ontario, the ninth of 10 kids. She reminisces about her dedication in school, eventually studying developmental services in college, after which she assisted children with special needs. Carol has first-hand experience grappling with a health issue in childhood. 
after a fall from a tall play structure at seven years old, she began to chronically encounter the life-altering, world-spinning sensation of vertigo. It feels like my brain is starting to spin at high speed, and it feels like it just wants to lift off and go up the top of my skull and out my head. It just becomes so spinny and uncontrollable. My eyes are going back and forth at a million times a second. I can't really focus or really even see anything too well because it's so intense. It's like I'm in a blender. Like I say, I get heart palpitations. I get heavy sweating. I feel sick to my stomach. I do end up vomiting sometimes from it if it's a severe bout of it. There's no way I can walk by myself. I'm walking with my eyes closed if I'm walking because it's too much stimulation for me to have my eyes open. And the only thing I can really do is just lay. Carol discovered that cannabis was relieving the pain of those who had exhausted the medical system searching for answers and relief. One does not have to look far to uncover countless stories chronicling miraculous results of medical marijuana. In a 2018 TED Talk, Dr. Alan Shackelford spoke about meeting a five-year-old girl named Charlotte, who suffered from a rare genetic disorder that caused her to experience seizures beginning at six months old, two of which had resulted in cardiac arrest. She was currently enduring five seizures every hour. Charlotte's family had tried everything, but all of 17 prescribed medications did not help. After research and reflection, Dr. Shackelford wrote a letter allowing Charlotte's mom to purchase medical marijuana, which an herbalist extracted into an oil they gave to Charlotte. I was on pins and needles after this, waiting to hear what had happened. Had it, had it worked or had it been a dismal failure? Had the whole thing maybe been a huge mistake? It was like waiting for the astronauts to land on the moon, if you remember that. And then finally, when Paige did call me, she said, Dr. Shackelford, Charlotte has not had one single seizure for an entire week, not one. It's like a miracle. And Paige was right. It was a miracle for Charlotte. Carol is hearing stories like this one regularly. While research in the area is still young, it turns out cannabis and the human body can be a good fit. Some of the properties in cannabis are being studied as nutrients for a recently discovered system in our body called the endocannabinoid system which helps us maintain homeostasis. A video produced by Zana Medical Group describes how the system works. The ECS is a lock and key system. The cell receptors act as locks and cannabinoids act as the keys. And our body's producing cannabinoids all the time to help address imbalances, things like inflammation, nerve dysfunction, and unhealthy cell growth. These are referred to as endo or internal cannabinoids. Amazingly, plants also produce cannabinoids that act as keys to these locks also. And these are referred to as phytocannabinoids. And the most predominant in cannabis are THC and CBD. Because of the renewed sense of calm Carol has been feeling due to cannabis, she begins to imagine creating something special for her community. The government is saying, you know, people can use it medicinally, but there was no access to it. Where were people supposed to get it from? If they couldn't grow it themselves, where were they going to get it from? And so for me, you know, that seemed logical. I could be that access point for people who are using it medicinally and they can come to me and get a good clean supply because 
that's all I would want to do is sell a clean supply. I just didn't want to open up and sell just pot. I wanted to sell pot as medicine for people. And so it would have to be good. So it was my dream just to provide that access point. I like pot users, you know, as opposed to like being in a bar in an alcohol bar or whatever, it's way more community friendly to have a cannabis lounge than it is to have a, an alcohol lounge in my mind. It just seemed like a very community-minded good thing to do. If you go smoke a joint compared to go having a shot, I would much rather see you on the street. Carol wouldn't have believed it at the time, but the man who will help her actualize her dream was experiencing the full extent of the stigma against cannabis. Don was eventually convicted and sentenced to four years in federal prison. His outrage is palpable when he talks about his experience in prison and the downfalls of what he considers to be a broken penal system. The problem is they get into an environment where, and especially for the younger people, and I, I've seen this personally in pre-trial, you get 20 or 30 people in a unit and they're, they're all locked down, can't really go anywhere, there's an exercise yard and all that kind of stuff. And so what I was seeing was connections made. It's, it's like a university in there for crime. Don spent 16 months behind bars before he was released on day parole. If his prison stint was intended to keep him out of the pot industry, it didn't work. He got back into the community as a resource for people who were building their own marijuana businesses. I decided that I was going to open up some smoke and beverage shops and dispensaries. I took some ads out on uh, the TV channel and then, you know, I was just going around talking to a bunch of people and I met Carol. We were the same like mind and we kind of started talking and getting together and then we decided to work together and we've come a long way since then. On a typically gray and soggy Vancouver day in February 2003, Carol and Dawn met for the first time. So I was working at a hemp cafe in Maple Ridge. Somebody had come by and dropped off a business card for Don Briere, and I'd never heard of this person before, but they said that he was a marijuana activist and that I should meet him because I wanted to open up a compassion club. And so I called him up, and it turned out he lived like about four blocks away from my cafe. And so he came over the next day. We met. We started talking about his jail time and his future plans, which were to hopefully open up a marijuana store. He wanted a retail store and I wanted a compassion club. And so we kind of talked about, you know, merging the two things together and, and doing something together. Their relationship started in friendship. Soon they forged a partnership to raise some new cannabis. As the plants grew, so did their affection for one another. We were getting together talking business for a few weeks now. And uh, I invited him over to my place because I wanted to learn how to make pot butter. It was coming to be 420 and I wanted to share some cookies with my staff. So he helped me to make the pot butter and I kind of saw him in a different light at that point. I'd always thought he was married. Didn't even really cross my mind. And then I found out that he wasn't married. He was actually divorced. We liked each other, so we kind of hooked up together a little bit. It was the love of the plant that brought us together. 
Carol and Dawn were bonded by a shared passion to continue to create spaces where people could access quality weed. They knew that this medicine was needed and they both felt compelled to help provide it. The power of their vision and resilience manifested an iconic piece of Vancouver's cannabis culture until the next roadblock would test the vigor of their purpose and the strength of their love. I want 